0: of CyberSide Chats. Today, businesses across the globe are dealing with the COVID-19 pandemic, In these first few episodes focus on what business leaders, owners, and CEOs can do to not just survive, but thrive amid crisis. In this episode of CyberSide Chat, I sit down with Malik Khan, CEO of PointClick Technologies, and one of my closest friends. We discuss the importance of giving back during difficult times and how competitors can come together for mutual benefit through I'm your host, Jess Coburn, CEO of managed cloud IT and cybersecurity company Applied Innovations. So sit back, relax, and let's chat. Hi, welcome to another episode of Cyberside Chats. Today I have my very good friend Malik Khan with me. Malik, CEO of Point Click Technologies. Malik, can you tell us a little about Point Click and yourself? Um, so,
1: Point Click is a managed services provider focused on cloud services. So, you know, everything we do is all managed cloud, um, whether we managing infrastructure in our data centers in Raleigh or um, in our primary choice of cloud hyperscaler, which is Azure. So, you know, we provide cybersecurity, making sure customers have backup and disaster recovery, 24 um, 7 support of the applications, making sure they're performing. So, this is our primary. Um, business model today, and not only that, helping customers move infrastructure from on premises to the cloud, um, and then making sure that they're not compromising any of their, you know, security, their customer service, and just feeling like, you know, they own the data that's sitting in the cloud. So we try to bridge that gap of making sure that the customer is in a very stable environment in the cloud. But then they're also working with a very stable partner that knows how to manage the information and keep them um, up and
0: running. Thanks, Malik, I appreciate the introduction. So one thing uh, some people will know, if they know me and you, is they'll know that we're good friends and we have been the best of friends for almost a decade now, if not more than. And uh, a lot of people say, gee, Jess, you run a managed cloud IT and cybersecurity company, and Malik runs a managed cloud IT and cybersecurity company. Aren't you guys, co-op- aren't you guys um, competition? And we like to refer to it as co-competition. correct? Absolutely because Absolutely. we find we find we find that we I mean we've helped each other tremendously over these last number of years, yeah,
1: I, I think it's been you know i I was telling my wife like you know I wonder where my business would be had I not meet Jess um just because at the time you were a much bigger company. I was you know tiny, I'm still tiny. Um, but I learned so much from from you the way you operate your business um Older approaches were a little bit different. So I was able to learn how to take some of the things you were doing and adapt it into mine. And then you also learned some of the ways that we were using certain tool sets and certain practices that you were also able to incorporate in your business. So, you know, it, it, it kind of at a point became where we're not competing with each other, but we're trying to actually help accelerate and grow our businesses um, as much as we can by sharing the information and the knowledge base that we have within the industry.
0: Yeah, Malik, I don't think you give yourself enough credit. I've learned just as much, if not more, from you as you've taken from me, I assure you that. So, but I appreciate that. Um, which is an interesting topic on kind of why I wanted to start with it. Right now, a lot of businesses are flipped upside down, they don't know which way to go. And, you know, traditionally in business, when you have when you have competition. It's you or them and only one man can win, right? It's that that fight. I'm going to be number one. I'm going to be number one. There's only room for me. Do you think uh, this concept of competition would be useful for these businesses based on what's going on in the industry today or in, in the economy today? Yeah,
1: um, absolutely. Um, I think every business is unique. Um, I don't think there's typically businesses that are 100% alike. Um, there are some that are like that. But in many cases, you know, everybody does something differently. Everybody brings their own ingenuity and their they know-how into their own businesses. So I think, um, you know, as this, this world is going on, especially with, social, with the rise of social media, sure. you see a lot of businesses that are, you know, posting white papers on how they do certain things or best practices. So we all kind of learning from those, mm-hmm. you know, those channels of how we can see what somebody else is doing. And we can adapt into the ways that we do our businesses so i think that's already happening maybe not in an intentional manner um but it, it, i think it is the way to go for all of us to kind of you know see how we can leverage each other and co-op cooperate you know co-op co-op um and be able to kind of help all of us grow
0: um well and so that's interesting too right is because you're talking about giving back and that's something that you do a lot of with uh, with your company. Can you talk about that? Sure.
1: Um, you know, so Point Click Technologies was started back in 2007. Prior to that, I worked a regular job just like everybody else. So I believe the company was started on the notion of giving. Um, you know, my wife at the time worked for the Red Cross. They had some issues at the office. I went there, helped them out. They said, hey, can you help with all these other things? So looking at helping them and then keeping a job just didn't mesh so i decided to quit my job and help a a, an organization that needed it so giving my knowledge my know-how and my skills um i was able to start point click technologies and that never changed so we still continue to do that with a lot of our customers Um, and as of late you know i'm originally from gambia which is in west africa Um, i've decided that you know because technology is moving a lot slower in that region um, what can i do to kind of give back to my community, so we recently, you know, um, started our business there, opened an office there, and to kind of help boost the ecosystem for technology, we we made our office much bigger, and spun it off into a co-working space or an innovation hub. Um, so we've been doing a lot of work in that region to kind of just help educate on the modern ways of doing work, um, you know, through Microsoft um, partnership, um, and also you know, just, just cloud in general, whether it's public cloud or private cloud. So bringing all that know-how and sharing it with the local e- ecosystem has been really invaluable for us. Um, so those are one of the things that we are doing um, in Africa today. And it's 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 a challenge, but it's moving forward and I think it's very much appreciated. And, you know, we continue to give back in that way, but, you know, it doesn't give away from all the stuff that we do in the US. Um, we also opened an office in Spain and have a lot of our staff in India. So we're operating in four countries where we're doing a lot of giving and you know, just learning from each environment, especially in this time, it's very difficult. You know, seeing now the US is taking over with this coronavirus, how rapidly it's spreading. Um, you know, prior to it getting there, you know. I was I'm here in Spain, you know, we heard Italy was really getting really bad. And then now here in Spain is getting, you know, just as bad as Italy. And now the US is taking over. So Africa is also, you know doing that so just two days ago um i thought what can we do to help in that nation to kind of help prevent this because the biggest challenge in those markets is they don't have it like us you can't take your laptop home and then VPN or just open the web browser access your applications because everything is in files you know you can you rarely see a person working with a computer on their desk so we're like wow you know what exactly are you going to do if you are forced you know they force you to work from home, so right now I'm helping them with a strategy on how to effectively make people um, safe that way they can work effectively from home. It's difficult because if you don't have the platform or or the environment to do it, it just it's just a challenge. But again, it's all part of our DNA of giving, where we're always looking at ways of improving other people's um, environments or lives, and I think eventually it comes back. And they were able to benefit and reap um, some of that from us to help us grow our company as well.
0: So you touched on what's going on in the Gambia, and I appreciate you going over that. But I really, you know, I found that when you first told me about building the operation in the Gambia and started explaining to me how technology is there, it was difficult for me to grasp. Because, you know, you look at I've been using computers since I was 12 years old. You know, we always had TVs and all this stuff in our house. And my kids have had iPads and tablets. Practically, they came out of the womb with it, right? Mm-hmm. So for us, we're used to being connected like that. But in the Gambia, so they're still doing business the old school way with files and pen and paper. And, and then and it's not so much on computers. Right?
1: Yeah, it's 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 not. Um, but, you know, with the help of some somebody- of these organizations, you know, the World Banks, the UNs, UNDP, you know, they're accelerating that. So it's moving really fast. Um, Sometimes it's not entirely on on the people that are actually having to do this work. It's the willpower or the the political will of the country to actually buy in to these modern ways of doing things. Um, As you know, you know, in Africa and some of these other nations, the biggest challenge is corruption. So, you know, they're looking at it as, Digital technology leaves a digital footprint. So if we implement anything that's going to automate or transform the way that we're doing some of these things and be able to, you know, and it's not always about the corruption, you know, but that's the first thing that comes to mind is they may be able to see that we're not doing things the right way when that's not really true. I mean, the U.S., Europe, they have some of the biggest corruptions as well that nobody sees. So it's not that the technology is going to reveal it. Um, but the notion and that mindset of if we invest in tech, it may reveal certain things that we don't want to be seen. Um, so, educating the the community and the ecosystem there on that is the wrong way of thinking about this thing. Using technology is really to make it efficient, so you can operate, you know, do more with less, and all these things. So these are some of the things that we we try to communicate by doing events, webinars, seminars, and all these things, and I think it's working, um, and that process is going very well so far.
0: Great. How's uh, how's COVID nineteen been for Point Click?
1: Um, so you know, when it when it first started, you know, as we all knew, it, it started in China. We all kind of just thought, oh, okay, this is this is nothing. Then it started, you know, hitting. Um, you know, so up, up until three weeks ago, we were in Nice, France, with my family. We didn't think nothing of it. So, you know, people were just going on about their business. So we like. But so now we really started to see this impact everybody. So, you know, Spain went on lockdown. So I'm like, wow, okay. And then some parts of the US started to go on lockdown. So these are, we operate out of four countries. So, I mean, as of right now, every country we operate in, we all having to work from home, but luckily we've been working from remote for a very long time, many years. So it's not a big deal, but for companies that we support that are not set up for that type of uh, access, it's been a challenge for them. Um for us, luckily, about 90% of our customers were already in the cloud because when we go into a customer, that's the first thing we look at. Work from anywhere, from any time anytime, from any device. So a lot of them were already on 365 or we've already migrated your on-premises servers onto the cloud. Um, you know, PBX on local systems, moving that from that to a to a local data center, or you know, recently we've been doing a lot of Microsoft Teams calling migration prior to that we were doing a lot of Ring Centrals. So it hasn't really hit us hard yet because we kind of felt like we were prepared, we prepared our customers well for that. Um, but for those that still have file servers on, it kind of, you know, seeing the pain a little bit and, you know, trying to access files over VPNs and connection is a little bit, you know, um, but it's not that many that we have that are, that are like that. Um, aside from that, it's, it's I, I think it hasn't been, impactful yet but i think starting next month it will we'll start to see the pain because if our customers suffer we will begin to um to suffer as well
0: absolutely it's time to start preparing for that and for helping them with that you know it's interesting malik and i was smiling as you were talking about that because it shows that you and i we communicate all the time i mean we talk daily practically and uh, sometimes multiple times a day and what's interesting is that we have the same approach with our customers when we go into a new customer if it's a whether it's a customer that wants to move to the cloud or it's a customer that says hey we want you to come in and take over our IT and help us beef up our cybersecurity the first thing we do is look at what do you have on prem that we can move off prem in florida it makes a lot of sense because they think hurricanes yeah we need to do that but it just makes sense when this happens and people always think that, you know, hurricanes are a Southeast problem and snowstorms are are a Northwest problem. Fact of the matter is, it could be anything and it's gonna affect anyone. We saw that with with Hurricane Sandy when it took out, you know, the New England. These guys were just crushed because they weren't prepared and they weren't accustomed to that and it really hurt them. Um, Hopefully, the education they had from that will help them with this as they address for this, although I was in Publix yesterday, the shop, the grocery store, there's no paper products to be found, man. So I think people are still kind of overreacting in some ways. Right. They also, they also need to stop throwing their their used gloves in the in the parking lot and littering those all over the place. It's disgusting. They just yeah. need to take them and put them in a garbage bag and throw them away when they get home. It, it amazes me though. Um, I need to keep my hands safe, but let me just drop this here for somebody else I don't care about. Mm-hmm. They only really care about me. But right. I, di- I digress. Um, so because we've moved our customers to the cloud and we've adopted these technologies, it's been great. The other thing you mentioned was Microsoft Teams and Teams calling. So today's April 1st. Do you know what that means? It's April that, Fool's Day. <laughs> it is April Fool's Day. You're right. But this isn't an April Fool's. This is actually good news. Today's the first day that Microsoft's calling plan is available in the United States. Before, it used to be only available with the E3 or above accounts. And for a lot of businesses that were buying a $12.50 a month Microsoft Office account, moving to a $35 Office account, and then adding another $20 on top of that so you could get calling was cost prohibitive. But mm-hmm. now... They can add this at $20 a month to any of their accounts, regardless of which Office 365. So for a lot of businesses, think about the business that's stuck with a classic PBX on-premise, right? Now he could actually forward his main phone number back to his team's calling plan and use the, the Cloud PBX there and get all his business done, use his computers like we're using in headsets, and make his phone calls just like normal, use his cell phone to make the phone calls, and turn the company phone off after hours. So he has that separation. So he doesn't have to worry about people calling him on his personal cell all the time. Right? Yeah. I'm I'm going down a bit of a sales pitch, but it's exciting for me because it's, it is a revolution in my opinion for telephone voice, the voice over IP has been something I've loved for the last, geez, 25 years ever since I was at Motorola and to see where we've come and where we're going with this, it's phenomenal. Um, Tell me about managing the team remotely. You know, you've got teams in four different countries. How do you manage your teams remotely? What could other business owners take or learn from you? What's been you know that thing that's really helped you do that?
1: Yeah, um, you know, having a good collaboration tool is very key. Um, prior to Teams, we were all using Skype, um, so all our team members would just be on Skype. Um, I've kind of grown my business through managing remote people. So we've kind of, you know, I've learned a lot through the process um, of maintaining your schedule. So for those that are looking to adapt, um, the scheduling would be something you would want to look at. Um, Also, over the years, we've kind of implemented certain tools to make sure that, you know, people are actually following those schedules. So like one particular tool we use now is called Hubstaff, which is installed through on your computers and be able to, you know, so they can sign in and sign out. And you can actually monitor that, you know, all the work that they're doing. So that is key. But once you build that trust with your team, it's not necessary. Um, but I would just say I, I think good communication, having a good communication platform, and now is the best time because you have, even if you don't like Microsoft Teams, you have Slack. You have, you know, you can still use Skype. You can use, um, uh, you know, tools like um, Zoom, you know, for for meeting, doing these face to face meetings. Um, but I particularly like Teams because everything is in one place. You can chat, you can call, you can do your face-to-face meeting like we're doing now, you can share all your files. Um, you know, you have access to SharePoint if you're doing a project, you have Planner. So it's a fantastic tool set, which is why I think Microsoft is doing, is, is doing really well with it. Um, so having that today versus, you know, when we started doing this five, 10 years ago, it was a lot harder, but it's a lot easier today. Um, and I'll tell you a story, like just a week before North Carolina, Um, announced that they were gonna go on lockdown, this customer calls us, thanking us. Like, what what are they talking about? Because they were on the traditional PBX. Um, So just before that week, we had just migrated all of their calling, you know, the receptionist calls to Teams, get them the Polycom phones since they still wanted to hold a handset. So if you wanna still use a handset, you can with Microsoft Teams calling, but they have it on their cell phones, they have it on their desk with the phone, you have it on your computer, you can do find me, follow me. So, you know, they were like really happy because now they are working 100% remote, remote, over 50 people, 50 employees. And it's as if they're in the office.
0: It's so, interesting, so they- you know, I've, I've talked to, sorry to cut you off, I've talked to a lot of MSPs that don't take the same approach that we take of, hey, we need to go cloud, it's cloud first, cloud first. For a lot of MSPs, it's no, that takes away my margin. If I right. can keep it in my closet or keep it in my cloud, I make better margin. And they don't necessarily do what's in the best interest of the customer, they do what's in the best interest of their profitability, the the IT company. I've talked to a lot of these guys locally, they're all super busy right now because their customers are scrambling to move remote.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think um, that is still happening in the MSP space. You know, if if a customer has an on-prem server, you know, they bill you by the number of servers that you have, you know, per month. So they're looking at it as if those servers go away, then what am I going to do? No, because the cloud has so many other tools. So for example, if you moved into Office 365 and they need security, you can add on um, cloud app security. So that's an additional cost that you would make a little bit off of, but now you have a tool set that you can actually also add on to to do the actual security monitoring. One, it's so automated and so easy to use and give you so much visibility that the customer will pay just to know that, you know, all the information in the cloud is much more secure than what they had before. And you as an MSP can add on to that increasing your margins. You don't have to manage any devices. You don't have to software upgrades or anything like that. So I think the mindset of the traditional MSP needs to change a little bit um, for them to adapt to these new ways of doing things. And this is the reason why companies like us are taking business away from them, because they're not thinking like that. You know, so we, we try to think for the customer of five, 10 years ahead, not what is today. And when you can show the customer that roadmap, you know, you'll win the business any day after week.
0: Yeah. Now, a lot of businesses are probably paralyzed right now. They're looking at their business going, oh, my God, my sales funnel's dead. I, I can't make any phone calls. I can't send my sales guys out. My entire team's dispersed working from home. My company's paralyzed until this blows over. But that's not necessarily the case. They could be doing other things. What's some of the things that Point Clicks doing right now that's that keeps them from being paralyzed and that other businesses could do?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um- You know, I think I was just thinking about just the other day, like they're just certain businesses. Let's say you're a restaurant and the only way you make money is by serving food. If people are not coming into that door, you know, I'm sorry, you can't you can't really do too much. Um, But some approach that other companies are doing is, okay. we know we're not going to shut down the restaurant forever. Um, You know, the government came out with this package that maybe potentially will give you some funds. Start looking at ways of leveraging um, some of the platforms out there, whether it's your marketing, um, adapting with some of these tools, you know, tools like HubSpot to create your mailing list. So there's a lot that they can do. Maybe it's not financially transactional for you, for you to receive income, but it's, it's you know, for example, the, the example I used is the stock market is, is down. So stocks are really cheap. So this is the time that you invest in yourself. So you look at yourself as a stock that's really cheap, that's beaten down, and then you reap those benefits later on. Um, so... I think this is the message that we all you know this morning I posted on Twitter that when God wants to send you a gift he wraps it up in a problem so we should all look at this coronavirus as a gift and try to uncover the opportunities within it and I think you know if you go into it with that type of mindset you would come out as a winner at the end um, you know and you know the unique thing with this is is everybody's affected it's not just us every single country every single continent, so it's not like you isolate it and saying, oh, this is only happening in the US or in Europe. It's a common thing that we're all kind of going through. So your mindset and the way you really approach it is going to be what really you know, sets you apart and keeps you going. But yeah, it is tough. Some businesses, there's not really much they can do other than maybe enhance the business, see where the loopholes are, um, talk to some of these IT people, hey, how can, how can I leverage technology? Um, to, to, you know, make my business go global or whatever it is. So there's there are things that they could do. Um, but unfortunately for some people, if you're thinking about ways to bring money in, um, that, may, that may not be possible until you can actually, you know, reopen your business back
0: up. But now's a great time to look at your business and work on your business as opposed to in your business. And I think that's great advice. I think the fact that, as you pointed out, that sometimes gifts are wrapped in a problem. That's a fantastic analogy for this. We need to look at where the opportunity is and that's where we need to spend our time. We can't sit back and cry and go, woe is me, woe is me. It's gonna pass. And when it passes, you gotta be prepared for it. Malik, I think that's a fantastic spot to stop. I really appreciate you sharing that with me. Is there anything that we didn't touch on that you'd like to talk about or that feels important to business owners and leaders out there?
1: Um, you know, if this is an issue that's affecting everybody, so I think let's just ride it out, and hopefully we'll come out of it. Um, in terms of people that are in technology, um, that I would like maybe to, to, to talk about is, you know, our customers are a lifeblood. Um, so I'm also using this opportunity because I know a lot of my customers or a lot of our customers or our prospects have issues that maybe they didn't have the budget to do. So us having the capacity today to be able to help them This is a way that we can give back to those customers, especially those that pay us. Um, If they didn't do that cybersecurity audit, if they didn't buy that software application they needed or get that training that they needed, this is the time to say, hey, because you are down, let me go ahead and do this for you pro bono. Again, it's like that stock analogy. The stocks are low, invest in your customers today. Maybe they won't pay you for them, but give it back to them and it'll pay dividends later. So I think we should all come together as IT providers and look at what are some of the weak things that maybe our customers were wanting to do, they couldn't do, that I could provide to them and say, hey, you know, as a way of appreciating you as a customer for so many years, you know, let's go ahead and get that audit going. My team is working from home. We have extra capacity, extra time. We'll get all the policies, like some of the things we're doing, VPN policies that they need. Uh, Maybe they didn't have a remote access policy. So we have a slew of stuff, you know, that we've done for other customers in the past. Scrub them up, clean it up, you know, and, and you know, so we've been handing that to some of our customers, you know, acceptable use policies for your users, um, you know, cybersecurity awareness. But so now that when you're home, you're going to get a lot of attacks. Um, so maybe do a cybersecurity email campaign for them um, to educate the users on, you know, best practices for working from home. So, you know, I, I think this is the time that we all kind of look at, you know, our portfolio and see How can we give back or invest in something that will pay us dividends later?
0: That's fantastic advice, Malik, I appreciate that. And you just gave me a great idea, I'm gonna work on that. Um, With that in mind, I wanna thank you for your time. If anyone wants to reach out to you and get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Info
1: at pointclick.net, I-N-F-O at pointclick.net.
0: There you go, it couldn't be easier than that. Malik, I appreciate you taking the time to chat with me. It's good seeing you, buddy, I miss you. Yes, thank you. And keep safe.